hello, and welcome to We The People podcast. I'm your host, companion, or whatever you want to call it, uh, whatever you're comfortable with. Uh, my name is Jay uh, Kanze. If you know me well, you probably call me Saison. I'll explain that a little bit later on. <laughs> um, but I really just want to thank you for tapping into the vibe and energy that we're trying to create. Uh, cultivate and elevate here at We The People Podcast. Um, I'm just going to start off with some of the bona fides. Uh, you know, recently had the social media hack. So in order to get in contact or tap into the podcast on social media, we do have a Facebook page, uh, podcast We The People, um, as well as Instagram podcast We The People. Um, link is in the bio if you want to get to the Facebook and more information on that. Um, as well as some mental health information. Uh, also, uh, you can reach me via email at j the number four we the people at gmail dot com. So that's j four we the people dot com, and that's the number four. Um, if you haven't heard anything or any episode yet, I'll start off reiterating this podcast. Like I always say, <laughs> this podcast is more. Uh, about you or us than me so hence we the people um just as for myself a brief run through again i have a background in clinical mental health counseling uh educationally as well as organizational communication and uh business management and uh you know this was prompted by uh me really wanting to explore relationships or explore life and understanding ourselves and that's through the context of relationships relationships with institutions relationships with uh, friends family uh, all of that running the gamut um, so that's kind of where we are and this is episode six relationships with parents um, this topic is huge in terms of depth and impact in relation to most of the relationships we'll have in the future. So, you know, I had to really think about that metaphor, like how do you eat an elephant? Uh, the same way you eat a piece of pie, one piece at a time. Uh, saying all that to say that I decided to break this episode up into two parts. Um, so the first being... Uh, even though Father's Day coming up, we're going to first focus on the relationship uh, with the mother. Um, and in part two of this, it'll be focusing on relationships with fathers. OK, so just to get right into it, um, best way to do is jump into it. Um, I want to start out with just shouting out Antoinette King. Um, she's a Houston area therapist. Uh, you can find her on Instagram at Men the Crown. That's at Men the Crown. She posted something interesting, and it kind of led to the three points that I'm going to cover um, in today's episode. Uh, she posted something, and basically what she said was, being called a strong black woman is not a compliment. When you consider the trauma she had to endure to reach that point. And I read it. 
And then I sat with it for a second. And then I read it again. And it kind of prompted me to respond. And normally I read things and process and think things and just make notes to myself. But I typically don't uh, comment in depth outside of just sharing a little bit uh, how I feel about it or supporting it. But I did. And it really made me think, um, you know, we glorify strength, period, um, particularly in black women. But it's something that we do. We do glorify strength. Um, but we tend to ignore the suffering and even the trauma a woman has to inflict on herself just to be strong. So for the some that strength can be like a peric victory. Um, most people know, but if you don't, a peric victory is a victory that comes at too great a cost. Um, you know, I had a strong black woman as a mother. Uh, she accomplished a lot in this world, but the world could have done better by her if I'm honest about it. So uh, after reading that, it brought me to uh, thinking about, and I usually don't watch these things. I tend to try to stay away from them. It brought me to uh, a romance movie or like the love stories. Um, I believe it was The Photograph with Issa Rae. And uh, I forgot his last name, but I think it's Lakeith. I'm pretty sure it's Lakeith something. I, I'm ashamed. You know what? Uh, I, I'm petty. I have to remember it. Um, but Issa Rae and Lakeith. So, you know, the movie's about a love story between them. One is a photojournalist um, covering a story, falls for the girl. Uh, you should watch it, see how it goes. But there was a a secondary story to it, and that's the one that kind of really, really, it's the story I gravitated to. I felt like it had, like, the most meat to it. It just had a real sense of, a little bit of gravitas. Um, it was a story of her mother. Um, her mother basically was in like a summer fling, a relationship, and uh, she was pregnant. She moved away for a job. Uh, after she moved away for the job, she found out she was pregnant. The gentleman that she was with, she kind of left without telling him, and she came back and he was married. Uh, she didn't let him know that it was her child. She didn't encourage herself to give into the relationship she wanted with him because he had then remarried and she was making an attempt to not complicate his life further. Uh, and she kind of just swallowed the, the bitter pill. Um, and it really made me think about that, the, the trauma that, uh, you know, someone has to inflict on themselves, uh, you know, particularly a woman. And I, I don't think we see these things in our parents. It takes us a while to see them as people. Uh, and there's a fundamentally a lot we can learn from that if you were to really, really break down the mythology or the superhero or even authority. Because some people, their parents, and not just, we don't just do it ourselves, but our parents tend to construct themselves a lot of the time as either uh, an authority a little bit left or right of reality like a stern figure, or what you get is people who build themselves up uh, into a bit of a mythology. Uh, and that's another dangerous thing because we can't relate to them. Uh, you know, parents are really just people. 
there are people who, and this is really hard to say, a lot of the time, no matter how poor of a job we feel like they're doing, they're usually attempting to do the best that they can. And that can be a scary notion, uh, you know, when you look at, you know, some of your own experiences and what you take away from it. Uh, but it, it, it's a harsh reality. Uh, the truth about parents is that they, a lot of the time, you know, they may convey an authority, but, you know, especially if you're the firstborn or uh, something of that nature, they really, really, really are figuring it out as they go. I mean, there's material, there's advice, but at the end of the day, it's really an authentic transformative experience between two people um at best some most parents won't admit it but it's really a give and take of learning um you know you may wonder why (laughs) i'm you know articulating a little bit more of a detailed and nuanced understanding of parenting um like i said i don't have children but um you know i've raised them so i'm familiar with some of the principles that go by it. Uh, like I have a friend who recently became a parent and prior to them having their child, they just kept saying, I want a baby. I want a baby. Um, and that was good. It's a great thing to anticipate bringing a life into the world. But the other side of it is <laughs> the irony of it is really, is that it has so little to do with you. Uh, you know, once you do that, it, for a lot of people, it's the first time that they completely become a secondary player in their own life. And oftentimes it's willingly. Um, it's something that you realize it's not about you and you cease to have the level of importance uh, that you'll ever have. Um, it's something that I always tell people you have to be, especially going in the first time, you have to be a little bit ignorant about it to a certain degree. Uh, There's a certain level of irrationality that has to be a part of it, Uh, you know, because it's a crazy, it's a permanent crazy ride that sometimes you don't know where it can go. You know, you can do the best you can to shape and model, but you really can't control personalities. And that's the, that's the problem with, or the challenge of being a parent. That's the challenge of being a child. Um, you, your parents' expectations and their viewpoints, they may not align with what yours are. And, and that's where we really learn to navigate relationships uh, and from a place of caring. I mean, it may not always feel like that, but that's, that should be, that's what the, it should be a breeding ground. Bleh. That's what it should be a breeding ground for. Uh, the real fascinating part about this like I said it was uh the prompt um from Antoinette uh and thinking about the paragraph and then I kind of went deeper to where I was originally about this is that the challenge of being a parent most parents talk and think like their child like oh I gotta you know deal with this kid or figure out or solve problems for them and make sure they're aware make sure they grow up well-rounded Actually, the real big challenge can be in a certain perspective is limiting 
the runoff or the transference of your trauma and your experiences from your childhood to filter into your child's. Um, I've had friends, clients, and acquaintances who have had basically made decisions about their child's upbringing based on their upbringing. And on a surface level, it makes the most sense. You know, I saw what this does, so I don't want this to happen. But there's a perspective where we kind of leave some things out. Whatever you experienced is what you experienced, but that's also based on your personality. And we tend to always realize what we were missing and what's a shortcoming, but sometimes we tend to forget what our experiences gave us. Um, so just from a completely compens compensatory standpoint, fixing the problems that you had with your childhood may not fix your child your your child's childhood. They may not they may not have the same responses to what you perceived as problems. It's so unique and organic. I mean, they do have fundamental developmental necessities and commonalities. However, it is a unique and organic experience. Um, you know, like in the clinical research space where I work, uh, you know, it's, it's like a, an immunospecific therapy. Therapy. It's, it's something that's designed specifically for you. Uh, you know, that's why people ask for parenting tips and they're great and they're helpful. They give you perspective, but it's really, really something where you develop your own recipe. Um, you know, you don't figure it all out just by having good intentions. Uh, it's not all discipline. It's really a certain level of authenticity. And I think the biggest part of the challenge will be is as adults, we forget what it's like to be a kid uh, or to be someone's child. We really, really tend to forget how much awareness children have. Most of the time when a parent is lying or withholding a truth from their child, they're really just withholding it from themselves or because they're not ready to process that reality. Um, I can't tell you how many people that I've had that have told me that they were staying in relationships for their children. And after their children graduate high school, they don't leave. You know, it's 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 never effective lying to your children. I'm not even speaking to the ethics, but children are way more perceptive than adults. The things you try to keep from them, they have already known the truth about in process. Now, the only thing you can do by trying to give them a different narrative is lose credibility with them. And most of the time, by the time you realize that you've lost some credibility, all the credibility is gone. I mean, children are human beings in, in some of their most natural forms. They crave authenticity. Like, you know, if you look at music genres and things like that, the reason, that the, 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 you know, the emphasis on realness, well, for a time, uh, you know, they crave authenticity. And they also crave a feeling, um, you know, you notice that in anything, any youth driven culture. And I think adults lose touch with that, particularly when they become parents. Uh, but just kind of going into a deeper exploration and context, um, they're full of, you know, parents are full of shortcomings. Uh, you know, it's people who are trying to 
process their lives just like just like you you know a lot of people would think what a when you get to the age your parents were when they had you or if you've already reached that point think about yourself as a person some of the latent insecurities that are still in place some of the doubt some of the questions some of the things you still want to do and you realize that even those these people were you know most of the time in an ideal setting, setting, taking care of you, you're living in their home. They still had all this, all these things going on, and you know, just being a full human being, you know, maybe some stuff that might be more questionable or more challenging or not ethical. You know, balancing a whole life and and trying to cultivate a space for another one can be a real challenge, um, and a lot of people sh- fall short. A lot of people, uh, you know really try to fix what was wrong with them through their children and that can be another another dangerous space to be in um you know i i really wish that people could people i don't even say parents because they're people first people could really really get a context of what it's going to require to you uh i have a friend who um has a baby coming relatively soon and uh, they asked me about it Uh, first they shared their expectations and we're talking about what type of baby they wanted Um, and I think I said something that I look back on and think of might have been callous or not not really showing enough awareness to the authenticity of the moment that they were experiencing Uh, you know so I, I kind of went back over it with them and, and just tried to be have a more present approach because they were talking about what type of baby they had, like I said. And originally I said, like, it doesn't matter what type of baby you want. You're going to have to care for the baby that you have. Um, and just where they were in their process, uh, even if I felt like it was true, uh, I don't know if that would fund achieve the awareness that I was looking for or if that gave them the assurance they were looking for. So I really questioned the purpose on it. Um, so me and them got into fairly regular meditation. I just thought it would be a good idea just kind of aligning themselves as they go through this jersey journey, preparing to receive this life into their care. Uh, so we started regular t- meditating regularly and they kind of asked me again on my perspective on that. And I had a real answer this time. I was glad for that. Um, and again, drilling down, that's why meditation is so important. Uh, it gives you context and perspective and puts distance between yourself, your emotions, and your thoughts. Uh, you know, psychological social distancing in that, distancing in that context is extremely important, too. Um, I don't even know if that's a thing, but it should be. Uh, but they asked me about the parenting piece. And what I said, it's going to be the most frustrating, challenging, and rewarding experience that you'll ever have. Uh, you know, the, the beauty of parenting um, is that you can have something that you love so much and that you want to do anything in the world to protect and cultivate and nurture. 
And in that process, you're making those decisions with those intentions. And the beauty of it or the the, the insanity of it <laughs> or irony is that those same decisions you make can make your kid turn around and be like, I fucking hate you. Like, I can't stand you. Like, they can literally feel like you're ruining their lives when you're just trying to make their life as best as you can. Um, so listening, listening is the most important thing. Um, you know, it, it's one of the few situations where you'll love someone regardless of how they feel about you. Because in our society today, love tends to be a very reciprocal measure. Um, not all parental relationships, but I, I know that's a place of origin for the vast majority of them, I would, I would be, I'll be comfortable saying is it, it starts from a place of complete acceptance. Um, and that's the beauty of it. Now to nurture and cultivate that and keep that in place and working from that space over time is the challenge of it. Because we tend to make decisions as human beings based on feedback. Same thing with kids. So, you know, a lot of times you'll say something and your parents be like, well, you're not going anymore. You're like, that makes no sense. You just said I could. These are things we experienced growing up, but they're responding. Uh, now, the purpose of leadership, you should be responsive, but you should not be responding to everything, if that makes any sense. Uh, you know, you have to have flexibility. Um, I think rigidity is... It's not, it's not going to get you far in the long run with parenting. It may give you a surface level of a desired result. But as we exist longer, and I think people who had strict parents notice that, um, you know, especially if they meet a point where they're passing away or they get to the end of life cycle, uh, they really, they really, really, really expose uh, a need a need for a certain level of depth to the relationship. So it's just something that, you know, you have to have that that authenticity and transparency there, um, even if it's not at first in the relationship. So it can develop because before most people leave their time here, they're going to require something of other people. And, you know, you you will hear all the time as a child, like it's because I'm responsible for you. And what I've noticed is in the end, I mean, we all can agree and observe that it becomes children being very responsive and responsible to the needs of their parents. I mean, should you be should they live long? Should they fortunately if they live long enough for you to have that opportunity and it kind of brings the relationship full circle. Um, you know, now to touch on some of the shortcomings of parents. And this is where people usually have the most to say. Uh, and it goes back to something that I, I've kind of said about relationships in general, that our initial understanding or interactions in relationships is to understand who is right and who is wrong. Now, as you progress through experiencing relationships and they gain depth over time, you realize who is right or wrong really becomes so irrelevant. And the entire focus is on understanding why each person participating in that relationship holds the views that they hold. And that understanding will either build a bridge to bring you closer together 
or it'll create a bridge to lead you to your next destination. The point is, it always facilitates growth. Maybe sometimes not in the ways that you would anticipate or like. But it, it, it's paramount to having uh, a meaningful, deep, impactful relationship as a parent um, and as a child. Uh, so the biggest task is understanding how and why they failed you. And when you really understand your parents as people and the frailty of their existence, how, you know, they they try to convey absolute authority because that's what Western culture tells you. Well, not just Western culture. That's generally what authority figures are viewed as. But it's really, really much more of a collaborative process. You know, by the time, especially in this new digital age, by the time your kid is 11 years old, they're telling you things that you don't know because they become members of this society. So they they are out in the world receiving information just like a parent. And, you know, anybody who's a millennial knows that uh, there have always been a lot of times where people will say things because I'm right or parents would try to have authority over rationale. Now, when you choose as a parent to suspend rational thinking and just use authority, you kind of lose credibility when you try to judge the rationality of your child's behavior. So it, it's a fine line to walk. It has to be a give and take relationship. Now, just because it's a partnership doesn't mean you don't have, you know, the controlling stake in the partnership. Um, it, it, it's just how it is. Um, you know, tying back into uh, the plight, like I said, I relate to my mother, the, the, the role of, of the uh, black woman in, in, as a parent. Um, unfortunately, uh, more often than not, it's a very independent role. And this is just, this is more of a question and observation than an assessment. Uh, from my vantage point and the vantage point of having the opportunity based on the nature of some of the work I've done to peer into other people's lives, I don't know if it is a wholly natural, or I wouldn't say natural, I don't know if it creates the proper benefit for a woman to have to exist in, in both roles. You know, like going back to the metaphor of, you know, the strong black woman uh, <clears throat> having to to be two things or having to be the level of force and energy it requires to cultivate a whole experience for someone can be very dehumanizing in some way. Um, just because you accomplish something great, it doesn't mean that it has great results on you as a person. You know, like I said, I've I've come across and in contact with, uh, you know, women, not just single, because, I mean, just, it's not only a single mother that, that is a strong black woman, um, you know, there, there's weight in terms of a family structure. I've seen it in every setting. But that strength that is required can often break you personally or from a mental health or an emotional standpoint. You know, it, it, you know it's one thing to be, you know, she's strong, but you do not want her to turn into stone. Um, so, you know, the, the path 
that many women, particularly black women, have had to take has been arduous to say the least. And it, because of having to assume the role, these roles of carrying so much consistently, it has af- affected communication in, in the relationships um, that they have. So it complicates things. Uh, you know, you cannot. It's very difficult to tell someone who has to be dominant to survive. To be passive in a non survival situation, it, it creates cognitive dissonance and a lot of people cannot function function with cognitive dissonance. When you have two opposing thoughts in your head, it will lead to frustration more often than not. And I'm not just talking about one dynamic of financial responsibility. I'm talking about having to shoulder the weight of others. That is a very, very, very delicate place. Um, And it's not a place that many people want to be um, just because it changes your relationship with the other parts of your life. Just having to assume that much. Uh, you know, the, the mother is very often, and particularly in, in my community, the nurturer, the breadwinner, the enforcer. You know, wearing all these hats at one time is going to put a strain on your neck. You know, and unfortunately, too many of the time, you're wearing all these hats and not one of them is a crown. I mean, I could say a lot more about this topic. Um, It's going to come up in in other discussions that are going to happen. Uh, So it's just something that is a big part of relationships, period, uh, because it's the foundational relationship that you have. Uh, You know, even when I wasn't necessarily in line or in tune with uh, the proper energy to have, uh, towards women, my direction or my ability to reset was reinforced because I had a, uh, dynamic relation, not coddled, but a dynamic relationship with my mother. And, and to speak on that very briefly, um, in compensating for the absence of another party to raise someone, there is something that happens with compensation, but compensation, what that usually does is it just further perpetuates the problem. Um, I had a friend who was uh, talking to me about their son and they were talking about wanting to see more masculine or dominant traits in him uh, so he can be able to, you know, make his way in the world. And they were talking about changing maybe some of his characteristics or behavior. And what I said is that's going to make him inauthentic and create a duality. And it's very dangerous to put boys who become young men out into the world with deep, deep questions or feeling that their inclinations are inferior. I said, your best bet will to be to teach him how to get what he needs to get out of the world from the perspective of the way he is. Because when you teach someone to to front or be inauthentic, it will never work. It may work on some people, but ultimately it will not work. Because 
people will see who you are no at some point in time no nothing can hide forever there's no lie that has stood the entire test of time um so authenticity is really important from a parent and child perspective and uh you know and as i said you know these these masculine qualities you know and we talked further this particular person i was basically saying these are aligned with some of the men that you're attracted to, but they also are some, you know, and I don't even call it masculine. I said, don't ever mistake a selfish person for an alpha personality. An alpha is responsible. They are the head, the leader of the pack. If you, you know, believe in that paradigm. So we basically went around the relationship of uh, being a mother in terms of parenting and uh, some perspective from uh, dealing with a mother in terms of uh, parental relationship. Uh, you know, next episode, we'll jump into the relationship uh, with the father. And I'm not going to lie. It's a area that I could probably speak to a little bit more authentically in depth. So it, it, it's going to be a thing. <laughs> um you know, I definitely thank everyone for tapping in and I hope you all stay elevated and have a great week. Uh, anything you want to say, share, vent, uh, you can hit me at podcast, we the people on Instagram, or you can hit me via email at J number four, we the people podcast at gmail.com. So J for we the people at gmail.com tap in tune in get in touch let's keep each other motivated and elevated i hope everyone has an amazing week thank you